Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial Night Live. That's right. We're on <laughs> later in the evening, and we're doing a live show right now. It's our 2019 San Diego Comic-Con preview special. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Dan Grimshay. Please don't give away the secret identity. And I'll be guiding you through all of this exclusive-ish content about what you can do and see at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Joining me, of course, is our co-host, Marky. Sound off, Marky. Oh, shit. Sorry, Marky. That's embarrassing, but uh, that's the grim phone. I do have to answer that. Hold on one second, everybody. Let me just... uh... Yeah, you've reached Dan Grimshay. Oh, hey, Commissioner. Yeah. All right, Gotham Bank, yeah. Nope, no, I've already got it programmed in the GPS. Yeah, okay, I'll see you in a few minutes. I just got to shake these losers. Right, okay, I love you too. Bye. Click. All right, change of plan. Sorry about that, everybody, but now I got to duck out. But don't you worry, you have got some good, gentle hosts to guide you through Comic-Con San Diego 2019 in Marquee. Jimmy the Gent, and oh, you lucky bastard, you get Slick McFavorite from Open Your Toys? Oh, I wish I could stick around, but seriously, listen, guys, I gotta go, but I will be back. You understand me? Marky, Jimmy, Slick, I'll be back to check on you. Anyway, gotta go, bye. See you guys. Whoa, that was kind of cool. Good evening, everybody. This is Marky talking. I am in studio, uh, and I got a couple of special guest hosts. I have Jimmy the Gent. Uh, He's on loan to us, courtesy of Bleeding Cool. Uh, Say hello, Jimmy. Hey, howdy, hey, listeners. How's everybody doing on this hot Monday night? (laughs) <laughs> and of course we have, as is a tradition around here, uh, Slick McFavorite with Open Your Toys Podcast. Say hello. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and as you guys may or may not know, you are listening to Saturday Morning Serial, the only show that celebrates the themes of Saturday morning television that we not only grew up with, but that grew up with us. And man, we have got a awesome show yeah as you heard old grim shay say we have comic-con in fashion and empowered an sdcc preview show with 
an amazing lineup of guests, including Ahsoka Tano herself and founder of the Who Universe fashion line and the sponsor of the Her Universe fashion show at Comic-Con, and that's Ashley Eckstein. Uh, we also have um, writer, uh, musician, uh, just, uh, actor, uh, this guy does it all, and he's here to talk about a comic. Actually, it's not a comic. It is a graphic hardcover novel that he's going to have at the IDW booth. His name is Chris Ainge. You're going to hear from him a little bit later. And also, we're going to have a call-in guest. So we're, we're, we're crossing our fingers that all, that, that all works out. We're going to be talking to Super 7 founder Brian Flynn. They have got a brand-new big spot on the exhibit floor right next to Mattel. So they are really, really moving up and they got a bunch of exclusives. It's just going to be a whole talk about. So uh, now that we cleaned house a little bit, uh, let's start talking about Comic-Con. As you guys know, this is the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con. I don't think that these guys thought that it was going to be this big, but you know, since the three of us are all here, I'd like to know, uh, Jimmy the Gen is our IMDb reading and WikiLeaks reader of the week. Uh, tell us a little bit about the history of Comic-Con. Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Mark. Uh, well, <laughs> it started out uh, quite a few years ago. These cats got together. I had their names written down somewhere. I, I want to say it's Sheldorf, Richard Alf, Mike Towery, Ken Krugen, Barry Alfonso, Bob Cirk, and Greg Bear. And then, uh, so they put all got together and put together the first pretty small one for three days. It was called the Golden State Comic Convention at uh, on August first through the third, and uh, that was held at the U.S. Grant Hotel, which so is still that, there. Picked- it's actually one of the oldest hotels in San Diego. That's in, you know that goes back a long way. It's kind of like this Gothic style kind of kind of building right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they also have a great bar uh there but possibly they've been around so long due to the comic-con connection uh, that's yeah, just maybe a so. guess though okay maybe so but uh after that it kicked around a bunch of locations like the el cortez uh ucsd and golden hall and it eventually landed at the san diego convention center in 1991 mm-hmm. and uh Shortly after that, 1994 is when I started going there. That was my first year, and it was considerably uh, smaller back then than it is today, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The convention center has had to expand a couple times just to keep the convention in town. Uh, In 2011, the estimated economic impact of that year's convention was $180 million uh, onto the city. In 2014, that number was $177.8 million. And, and then a little bit lower. That's just the actual money, too. It was $150 million. <laughs> that's but just still, that's talking about the actual money, though. You know, this thing is a cultural impact on the world. Right. Uh, it's, uh, there's a couple of, well, there's a bunch of conventions all across the country. Uh, I would argue this is the biggest and the, uh, well, the one that everybody looks forward to the most. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about this with, with other guests in the, in the past and they actually all call this San Diego. They don't say San Diego comic-con. 
they don't even call it Comic-Con. But if you're in the industry, you know, uh, if you're into comics, if you're an artist, everybody calls it San Diego. So that's how well-known it is. So when they're all talking mm-hmm. to each other, they say, hey, are you going to San Diego? And they're not talking about going to SeaWorld. You know, they're actually talking about going to San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> so it goes, it, this thing goes way back. Um, it's not the first. I actually thought that it was the first one, but I think the first comic convention that we, that we would call a Comic-Con was in New York, uh, I believe. But this, the actual template of the very first San Diego or the Golden State Comic-Con, that template where they had panels and they had autographs and you could meet the artists, you know, that's pretty much the template that we see today um, from not just the San Diego Comic-Con, but of all of them. So this is at least the mother of comic conventions in spirit. Um, It definitely is in numbers. Uh, But, you know, that's all good and all this, but you know, uh, history doesn't exist before I started going to Comic-Con. Um, Jimmy, you have been to 25 Comic-Cons? Correct, 25, man and boy. Wow. So Most, tell us about, boy. you know, can you remember what your first Comic-Con was? Well, let me see if I can think back far that far back. I think you could get uh, – you could probably get two Whoppers for 99 cents at Burger King, and I want to say <laughs> gas was probably about a buck and a quarter. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so I heard about it at work because everybody knows me as a big comic book fan. So uh, I heard about it at work, and everybody said, "Are you going to the convention to the, big, to the comic convention?" And I would, I didn't even know anything about it. So my uh, girlfriend at the time drug me down there, and you could still, uh, you know, this would have been a Saturday afternoon. Walk right up and buy a ticket and walk around, and everything was on the bottom floor of the convention center. That like Artist Alley, all the meet and greets, the, the, the panels would have been upstairs, but everything was contained in one one side of the convention center that year, as I recall. And uh, that was it was pretty intimate. Like you could walk up and talk to pretty much anybody. And um, one of the things I remember is a lot of the toy uh, companies on Sunday. I went, had such a good time. I went back on Sunday. Uh, they didn't want to pack up their displays. So they got they gave it away to whoever was there when they were closing. So mm-hmm. I got a bunch of cool stuff, cool swag from that, and uh, it just goes on from there. Uh, I think it was nine, might have been '96, where I got to uh, hang out with the uh, the Clooney Batmobile and some Joker. Oh, yeah. It wasn't him, but some guy in a Clooney suit. Not my favorite. Then um, that's the one that kind of looks like a penis. I, man- I managed to go every year until a couple of years ago. Um, I'll say about five or six years ago, I even managed to work on the docks, unloading the trucks and setting everything up uh, inside, which was pretty fantastic to be part of setting it up, you know, part of the <laughs> install crew for everything. Wow. And then, uh, and then a couple of three years ago, I started, uh, um, reporting for Bleeding Cool at, and meeting all these uh, fabulous people. So it just keeps getting better. The convention gets bigger. The experience gets better for me. Yeah. All right. And Period. Slick, uh, you actually went there because you are a super collector. Uh, you have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about the podcast and then tell us about some of your early memories of going to, going to San Diego. 
So uh, the podcast uh, used to be, we've been doing our podcast for almost 11 years now. Seems weird to say that. Um, so it started off with uh, my wife and I at the time. Uh, and basically my my whole kind of collector focus, not that I don't stray from it, for extra cool stuff is uh, what we call the four greatest action figure franchises of the 80s and all time. And those are Star Wars, Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Masters of the Universe. So, I mean, especially when we started going, um, our first year was 2008. Um, Again, it was... um, it, it was sold out, so you couldn't walk up and get tickets. But we decided we wanted to go like a month before, and we could get and we got a, a four day pass with preview night like a month before. Like it, it still hadn't hit its like craziness that it is now with needing lotteries for basically everything. Um, and it was right up our alley. I mean, they had every single one of those franchises had a toy panel from their respective uh, manufacturers, basically Hasbro and Mattel. And uh, we went into it. We had gone to small cons around here. I, I've grown up going to cons. My aunt was a Trekkie and uh, or Trekker, I guess, if you don't want to be derogatory. <laughs> Uh, oh, really? And, <laughs> and uh, so I grew up going to cons. Like, I mean, I saw William Shatner, you know, I'm 43 years old, and I saw William Shatner at a panel when I was like 11, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it was all small stuff. Like, I, I really didn't quite grasp everything until that first year at Comic-Con, and it really opened our eyes about some of the most amazing things you can do um, outside of the big Hollywood stuff. I mean, that stuff's fun, but um, I mean, I would say like some of my favorite panels have been uh, the Kevin Smith, the Hall H at five o'clock, everyone pops out from all the Hollywood bullshit. And, and it's him there with diehards and, and just talking for an hour, man. Like those were some of my wife and I's favorite favorite panels that we used to do. And then, like I say, the toy panels were always big, um, especially as 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 you get kind of upper echelon almost sounds elitist, but as you get more involved in the toy collecting community, you start meeting a lot of the people that are doing the reporting, that are running the fan sites. So it was always cool to kind of see see the, you know, same community people, you know, people that you get to see, you know, on YouTube all the time listen to their podcasts or you're on their forums, you know, it's fun to see those people that really pour their heart out into this community of toy collecting that, that I love being a part of. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how we got started. And then after that first year, we found out that you lived in San Diego. Like we mentioned it to, to, uh, Grim Shea, which is our uh, mutual friend of ours. And he's like, you know, you know, Marquis lives here, right? And he goes to that thing like every year. And then ever since then, we we went with you, including you opened our your home to us, and we 
greatly appreciated that. And it's just, you know, it's just like any vacation. When you get to stay with friends, it's a whole lot more fun than staying yeah. at a hotel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's been a, it's been among my greatest memories of anything have been going to, going to San Diego Comic-Con. Um, yeah, man, that's just great. I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, we all come at this from a slightly different angle, but we all kind of end up, we all end up at the same place. And really that's the, that's the real beauty of what Comic-Con is, is that you get all these people with all these different backgrounds, all these different interests that are all, all they're, they're all just kind of pointed in the same direction. And, you know, a lot of us can be outcast at some point. We can all be weirdos. We can all be geeks, you know, call us a million names, but, this is a community that forms out of this place. And it's, it's just one of the greatest feelings to, to find someone that can talk with you about something that's kind of weird that you're really into and they can trade you like that. It's the best feeling in the world. And I think that's what drives so many people there every single year. You know, yeah, there's a lot of stars and stuff now and, you know, it's, it's really, 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 really big. Um, you know, 130,000 people are going to be, around and uh, around and inside it's 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 going to be crazy but at the end of it it's the person-to-person contact you know that's really what it's all about uh i actually can't i don't know the right like the first year that i went um the best way that i can track it down was i either went in 2002 or 2003 i moved to san diego in 2001 i don't I don't think I went the first year because I remember kind of hearing about it first and I saw like the, the little, the little banners on the, on the streetlights. And I thought, Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. You know, but I had never heard of it. And if you come from a small town that I come from, <laughs> you don't really, you know, I don't think a, there was a Star Trek convention in Albuquerque. Was there? I don't even know. <laughs> but, um, you know, we never yeah, really got <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just was, never would have thought of it. Yeah, and like I say, I if it wasn't for my aunt, I would have never known about it either. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to like to get like baseball cards, stuff like that. I could I could remember doing, but comic conventions never. Uh, Trek conventions, I wasn't that into it. I wouldn't have known. There was nothing like a Star Wars thing coming coming to town. So it's just not something that I was aware existed. All I knew is that I was the dork, you know, wearing Star Wars hats in 1994 in high school, and people thought that I was weird, you know. Um, so I, I was just always a little, you know, people thought that I was a kid, you know, that I was being childish back then, you know. It was just I was like, whatever, I just really like it, you know? Um, but you find this community here, and it's just one of the best feelings ever. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been to, since I was aware of it, I've only missed one year. So, you know, if you do the math, I think I've been to, I don't know, 16, 16 17 of them, something like that. Um, and the first several years that I went resembled more of, Jimmy saw. Um, I remember being able to go up that very day. You would buy, uh, and, and 
And actually, calling it a ticket is not correct. Calling it a pass is not even correct. You buy a membership. This is a nonprofit thing. So you would actually buy a membership to be a part of San Diego Comic-Con. And um, you would get it for the day. And back then, if I remember correctly, it was like uh, Thursday was like $15. Friday and Saturday was like $25. And then Sunday was like $15 or something. But back then, and this is not that long ago, um, it was, I remember if you pre-bought the four-day pass for the next year, it was only like $35 or something like that. Jimmy, do you remember how much the, the cost was for like the full pass? Um, <clears throat> that's not the last time um, that – I remember that you could actually go up and buy it was, I want to say about 2004 or five when I went. And um, that seemed about right. Like you said, I want to say it's about 25 bucks for a Saturday, but 15 bucks for a Friday. Uh, or maybe it might've been 25 for a Friday and 40 for a Saturday. As, um, but after that is kind of when I started wheeling and dealing and getting them free tickets from people and, uh, and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> So well, I, 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 um, the, I, I believe when I was doing the actual math back then, because I was always looking for a really good deal, right? And I remember thinking the same price for a full four-day pass was the same as like Saturday plus a half Sunday or something like that. Like it was, it was like a no-brainer to sign up. And uh, you would sign up the year before and it even saved even more. And again, you're not buying a pass. You're just becoming a member, and then you get your name badge that gets you in, right? I mean, that's really what it was. Like, this was your name badge. Your name badge got you in because you were a member of the, of this group, of this club, of the convention. Uh, so, you know, a lot's, a lot's changed. I don't even know what a full uh, four-day plus preview night is going for, but I'm thinking a couple hundred bucks at least, right? Does anybody yeah, know? Yeah, I, I, uh, I've got it. Yeah, I've been getting in. Again, that sounds douchey, but I've been getting in free since my first year. So, yeah, I mean, and you know, because we're press, we get to kind of go. We get to go through that route. But I believe it's two hundred and fifty dollars. I believe for the full thing. Um, so you know, last, the price is really Last shot. year it was. Uh, last year it was uh, two seventy six for all four, including okay. preview night for yeah. two eighteen. So two thousand yeah, the inflation is crazy. And for one day, uh, looks like it's one day was Saturday was sixty dollars, and forty two dollars on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yep. Well, and, and still, for those of you, that's I'm sorry? still like super reasonable. That's still like super reasonable. I mean, our our what is now called pop culture something because they got sued by Comic Con because our show here in Denver called it the oh, Denver right. Comic Con. And so they had to change their name this year. I mean, they're they're fifty bucks a day. I mean, and it's yeah. and granted, it's the dice, but it's nowhere near San Diego, you know. Yeah, I was just at the Star Wars. Uh, now, in the Star Wars world, we have celebrations. We don't have conventions, but uh, yeah, it was probably sixty dollars a day, fifty dollars a day minimum, and it's nothing compared to Comic-Con as far as size and, and, and all that stuff. And obviously it's a lot more narrow. So yeah, I believe even at the, you know, 
of pushing the the 300 mark. If you can get it, it's well worth your money. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, I I did. Um, I want to take a, at least a, a couple of minutes here. Uh, what's your favorite memory of Comic Con Pass, Jimmy? Favorite memory of Comic Con Past? Uh, can I get? Uh, let's see. Um, there was the time when, uh, let's see, I want to say it was around 2004 when all the Batmobiles were there. Yep, I and, remember that. Uh, my kid, my kids were pretty young, and we got a chance to take a bunch of pictures with all the Batmobiles. But we especially hung out with the 66 one, and uh, that was kind of exceptionally cool to me because that's it that had the actual uh orange color on stripes instead of the red ones that you kind of think of with your mind's eye so it was mm-hmm. pretty eye-opening for me and we got super super close to him and uh that was that was really cool one of my best one of my best memories yeah but i yeah it's hard to pick one shoot yeah. from the hip though that's a pretty good one and slick can you uh can you think of a a moment or two i mean my favorite moment moments because we've done it multiple times is uh getting what is it Felipe's Felipe's pizza <laughs> What's yeah. The, yeah getting the pizza going and sitting in the park so like there is like this craziness going in and that's comic-con but you can literally just walk two blocks to the south and and at least when I was going, not many people did this. And there's a park back there that's on yep. the water. There's a Joe's Crab Shack. We always pre-gamed it, Joe's Crab Shack on preview night. But, yeah, getting the pizza, sitting out in the park, you know, doing what we do, taking some shots. And, and uh, they had the symphony over there at yep. that little uh, venue that's mm-hmm. on the water. Yep. And they were playing that. video games. <laughs> you know, yeah, you could hear super. Yeah, you you yeah, could hear people. a whole symphony orchestra playing super the Super Mario Brothers theme. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, they're they're actually going to be there again this year, and they're going to be doing, I believe, Galaxy Quest on Saturday, which is a pretty cool score. Oh, oh Galaxy yeah. Quest oh, yeah. is uh, Friday night at the uh-huh. uh, Colby Symphony Hall. Oh, oh, and it's okay. Being so conducted by, it's, being, it's being conducted by the guy who wrote the music, and they're playing uh-huh. it in front of the movie. Oh, wow. Okay, so what's <laughs> going on at the what's going on at the uh, you, can follow me, you can follow me on Twitter for free tickets if you like. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, seriously, seriously. <laughs> and I know uh, you have a Batman sixty six in your handle, right? Did I remember that right? What's, right. what's your uh, handle, Jim? SD, SD Batman sixty six. San Diego Boom. Batman 66. All right. There there, there it is. You guys can win tickets. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Two Galaxy oh, Quest tickets. Um, wow. That sounds great to me. Um, my, uh, I, have a, I have a couple of really awesome, you know, uh, meetups, I guess. Um, I want to tell – I'm going to just kind of narrow it down to one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was this time uh, they this is before you could just go online and on YouTube and see any trailer you freaking wanted to, you know, which wasn't that long ago, 2005, 2006, something like that. Um, 
they used to have one of the most popular panels at San Diego Comic-Con was, I think it was by Cine Fantastique, which was a magazine back then. It was, um, I don't even know if they're still around, but a lot of those writers used to do like a trailer panel and they would show all these trailers. And this was like right after uh, Spider-Man, I think, or I think the Hulk had come out and Spider-Man, I think it was, I think it was around Spider-Man two maybe. And, you know, there had been like a, uh, a Ghost Rider movie out, and you know the Hulk had been out, Spider Man had been out, uh, X Men been out already, maybe X Men Two had already been out, and Stan Lee was on the panel, and uh, I was going by myself back then, um, and I was sitting by my because it's it's easy to get a table for one when you're at, <laughs> when you're by yourself. By choice, so man. I by, actually by choice. Yeah, by choice. And I actually got to the panel kind of late, but there was a seat all the way in the front row, like literally the front row. And I just, I just, I just went up there and I just, I just sat down. And um, as it turned out, the, the row that I was in were people that were, I don't know if they were press or whatever, because I sat down and the person next to me, um, I didn't do anything to this person, but they just kind of left. I think they were taking pictures or something. So then there was an empty seat next to me. And um, with the empty seat, uh, I, you know, I was just kind of sitting there and every time they would show a new movie and Stan, you know, Stan Lee is the most like charming or he was uh, the most charming, fun, loving person ever. And if you got to go to Comic-Con at all before this year, chances are you had the opportunity to, to meet him, to see him. He was very accessible. Um, and he was just so warm and so charming and, um, he, he would always have to like turn his, turn his head to watch the trailer. And so it was either the trailer coming on for Spider-Man two or Spider-Man three. I don't remember exactly. And I just remember him saying like, you know, I could never see these things and I just, and I really want to see it, you know? And, and, um, I remember them. I, somebody on the panel said, "Well, why don't you sit over? Why, uh, why don't you sit there?" And they were pointing at the chair next to me. And so Stanley got off, he got off of the panel, came down, and he sat next to me. And I got to watch the trailer for Spider-Man Two, I think is what it was, uh, with Stanley. And the whole time he's like, "Whoa, that looks good." That he was just like he was like kind of you know giving me the old elbow and stuff. Um, so it was just an amazing moment because I'm here with the guy that invented Spider-Man watching a trailer of his character in a movie that turned out to be really, really good. Um, and it's just one of the best memories of my life. Really. It, it, it was just amazing. So that's pretty that, awesome. Uh, yeah. You got, you got to make sure somebody tells that story at your wake. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, Uh, I I would actually uh, uh, I would actually go on to. Oh, uh, I believe it was on that same panel. But he said, hey, everybody, uh, I'm going to be in the sales pavilion at, you know, in about 45 minutes. Go and wait in this section for me. Don't tell anybody why you're why you're there. And so all of us went there 
to this little, you know, they kind of have it all draped off. And so we all waited there and he came and signed autographs and everything for everybody. So again, the, the day just kept getting better and better and better. Um, and that was one of my early comic con memories. And it was still one of my best and rest in peace to you. Really the reason why we're all here right now is because of Stan Lee. And uh, I just wanted to share that story with you guys. Um, anywho, uh, I think it's time for us to get to the program. Um, we have a really, really, really special guest for um, for everybody today. And um, for those of you that are just kind of tuning in, you kind of don't know what's going on, uh, we actually have an awesome interview with Ashley Eckstein. And if you guys don't know who she is, well, you better catch up pretty quick. She's the voice. Yeah, she's the voice of Ahsoka Tano. I'd say one of the top five most popular Star Wars characters maybe ever. Slick, do you have an opinion on that? What do you what? think? Top five. What, there was that one guy. What was his name? Luke uh, Skydipper something? Yeah, um, well, Skywalker's I mean, one or two. Vader's I mean, one or she's two. Got some, she's got some competition. But yeah, she's definitely yeah. well, you know, she's, you definitely, know, she's, she's definitely up there. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah uh we got a chance to talk to her she's arguably she arguably plays one of the most loved uh most popular star wars characters on the clone wars anim the clone wars animated series which is about which is about to drop a new seventh season that that was announced last year at comic-con i was in the room it was awesome uh and um, she was. She also reprised the role for Star Wars Rebels, one of the coolest character arcs ever. Uh, if you guys have not watched this, it's time to watch cartoons again, gentlemen, because this was great. Uh, but um, Ashley, you know, she's was, also on uh, so- Sophia the First. I didn't as I, well. I, I didn't. I did not know that. But uh, I'm sure she does she's a great job there too. Sorry. What, what? Keep stepping on you. Who who is she on Sophia the First? She's Mia. She's Mia the Bluebird. <laughs> I did not. Know I mean, and if you've ever seen that show, she's, that's probably my favorite character. Oh, okay. I well, have uh, a. I have seen seasons one through four. <laughs> See there? <laughs> oh, I, well, I hope Dan. I hope Dan got around to asking her about Mia. That's all. I. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I don't know, uh, but um, this is going to be part one of her interview. Uh, right now, um, you know, we're going to save all the Ahsoka Tano stuff for another episode. So if you guys were tuning in to hear her talk about Ahsoka Tano, it's, we're not going to do justice to that conversation if we just kind of cram it into a Comic-Con show. So we're going to have part one of her interview tonight, right now, and uh, we're going to have to it later more just follow us at Maddie or go to com. follow me at SDCC uh, at Stay Classy SDCC and uh, you guys are going to be uh, able to hear the rest of this interview but the reason why she's talking to us today and is that she puts on the Her, uni- the Her Universe fashion show and uh, Slick you're going to really love this 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 one is titled "By the Power of Fashion." Shira takes center stage at the her at the at the her universe fashion show. So there's a lot of themes about this. I'm just going to go ahead and do a little copy reading. Uh, this is the sixth annual her universe fashion show returns to San Diego Comic Con to San Diego Comic Con International. Critically 
critically acclaimed as one of the must-see events at SDCC. 24 designers will compete with their original geek couture designs to win the ultimate prize, the opportunity to collaborate with actress and her universe founder, Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano in Star Wars, which we already said, uh, on a Her Universe fashion collection for Hot Topic. Presented by Her Universe, Hot Topic, and DreamWorks Animations, She-Ra and the Princess of Power, this year's highly anticipated show will be held Thursday, July 18th at 6 p.m. in the Harbor Ballroom of the Manchester Grand Hyatt. This thing is awesome, guys. It's hosted by Ashley Eckstein. The theme of this year's show is the power of fashion. In the spirit of the critically acclaimed series, She-Ra and the Princess of Power, the designs competing for this year's show will be inspired by powerful characters, stories, and themes. Many surprises are in store, but the audience can expect that fashion will make a powerful statement on the runway. Uh, you guys can check out a full write-up of this uh, at, at maddiepradio.com. Uh, but uh, enough of that stuff. Why don't we get to the uh, – I think we should get to the interview. What do you guys say? I think Anybody? that's a great idea. <laughs> magic interview machine. Magic interview. Okay. Uh, uh, magic interview machine. Take us away. Meanwhile. Hi, Ashley. Hi, How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll try and make this nice, short and sweet here. Oh, no worries. Thank you for doing this. All right. Well, uh, right out of the gate, I want to tell you I'm going to try and hold off on all the nerdy Star Wars questions uh, so <laughs> as, as long as I can. Uh, because, first of all, I want to talk. It's all good. Oh, thank I, I love that you're already a good sport about it. Uh, but, but I want to talk uh, Her Universe and Comic-Con coming right up here. Uh, all right. First of all, I'm going to assume everyone listening, you've had a primer in exactly who Ashley Eckstein is. Uh, and you probably already know about her fashion line, her universe. Uh, but please, Ashley, tell us what can we can what are we going to expect here at Comic Con 2019? Oh, we're so excited for Comic Con next week. Uh, you know, her universe is back uh, on the show floor. Actually, we have two boutiques. I like to call them boutiques, um, but we have a, a boutique at the 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 Star Wars Pavilion, uh, which we're debuting a whole brand new Star Wars line. And then we also have another boutique um, on the rest of the floor where we've got Marvel designs um, and uh, some new designs that we're debuting at our fashion show. And on Thursday night, we have the Her Universe Fashion Show, which is, you know, the glamour of fashion week meets, you know, the fandom of San Diego Comic-Con, and we call it Geek couture and it's you know these are couture designs inspired by this geek culture that we love and it's a competition show Uh, we actually have 24 designers that compete for the chance to uh to win the opportunity to design a fashion collection with her universe to be sold at hot topic and um it's a real educational and professional experience for these designers and the audience actually gets to choose a winner along with the panel of judges so it's really really exciting so so how much weight does the audience have can we overrule the judges if we don't like what they're saying <laughs> no actually it's, we pick two winners so the judges get uh to pick their own winner and the audience gets to pick their own winner and the reason we do that is 
you know, it's in a ballroom with 2,000 people with a giant runway. Um, and, you know, some of these designers uh, work for hundreds of hours on these designs. I mean, the details are just unreal. You know, the hand stitching on every single piece is just unreal. But sometimes you don't get to see those small details from, from you know, the audience. And um, so oftentimes the judges winner and the audience winner is always different. And so we, we want to reward the designers for, you know, spending the extra time on those small details, but then also the designers that just have that wow piece that, you know, the second they walk on the runway, the audience is just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to play to the cheap seats that way. Yeah, I mean, every you know, every designer has a different aesthetic, too. Sometimes designers that go for that wow piece, and then sometimes designers, and this is truly what couture is all about, every single stitch is perfect. It's hand-done, it's perfect, and, you know, those designers have just as much of a chance to win as the designers that go for the over-the-top piece. All right, so what are what are some I don't know if you can tell us, but can you give us a hint at what is some of these designs we're going to see are these new ones that we can choose from? Absolutely. So, there's a theme this year, and the theme is the power of fashion. And so all of the designs are inspired by powerful characters, powerful stories, powerful themes, or powerful statements. And you can expect a lot of power to hit the runway. Um, and it's all different. We have, you know, typical hero designs that are inspired by well-known heroes. And then we have, you know, off-the-wall designs that you would never expect to see a couture design inspired by, let's say, a horror character. Um, and then, you know, I have four different gown changes and uh, you know, they're all different and I'm excited. Um, I'll be making a powerful statement with one of my gowns. So, um, lots of, lots of power next week to hit the runway. Midnight. Time for a complete breakfast with my Count Chocula. You can't count, count. It's time for my strawberry flavored Frankenberry. A collection of Star Wars stickers. One in specially marked boxes of these monster cereals. Star Wars stickers! Whoa, that was monster cereals with Star Wars stickers. Those are two of my favorite things ever. Um, welcome back, everybody. That was our part one of Ashley Eckstein's interview. As you can tell, she's super excited. We're super excited about the, about the Her Universe fashion show. And um, I'm, I'm hearing from my co-host a little bit of a mic problem. So I'm going to try to talk less um, as we get into the next half of this episode. So, uh, but let me ask you guys, we already talked about Comic-Con's past. Let's talk about this year's Comic-Con. Uh, Jimmy, uh, give us some highlights of some panels. What do you have planned? Uh, you know, take over, man. Well, yeah, buddy. Well, I've got a pretty full boat. Um, once again, by the good graces of the fine folks at BleedingCool.com, I'm going to be covering all five days, including preview night. 
And I'm really looking forward to, there's a Batman Beyond 20-year um, panel, and I'm going to cover that press room and get to talk to those, uh, the cast and the stars again. I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, as well as the Batman Hush on uh, Friday night. And uh, again, uh, hopefully do the preview of that. Um, what? Oh, Sunday I get to talk to the uh, the the cast of Teen Titans Go. Uh, there's a pretty big crossover coming out. The preview premiere of Teen Titans Go are going to versus Teen Titans, the original incarnation before they were the funny guys. And mm-hmm. uh, a whole bunch. Oh, the, oh, I'm, and I'm really looking forward to. I think this is might be my my biggest get is the cast of Brooklyn Nine Nine. On Saturday night, I get to have a sit down and have a chin wag with all those guys. I'm pretty excited about that. I get and, me too. Uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. I'm really that might really excited uh, about that one. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, pretend gonna... that I'm uh, pretend that I'm uh, I'm one of the guys on Brooklyn Nine Nine. What are you gonna ask me? Uh, well, depending on who it, well, no matter who it is, I want to know if this. If the six-month uh, heist belt is going to stand, or if there's going to be some controversy since it hasn't been a full twelve months, <laughs> that is a fan there, and I know exactly what you're talking about. That is a great question. I cannot wait, that's, cannot wait that's to hear my the opener right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, um, one of the okay, well, I just now started to look through the schedule, um, and I could say I only got through. Thursday. There's a lot going on on this schedule. It is crazy. Um, I do. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I encourage everybody to go to MaddiePRadio.com because I've been posting like a madman. There's all kinds of stuff on there for you guys. Uh, and this is, you know, the first thing to do is go to the, to the Her Universe Fashion Show. Uh, but this thing is going to be huge. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, I, I just want to kind of go over a couple of cool little panels. There's a great one going on called the, it's the, I don't know if it's called this SDCC or D I S S D C C. Um, and I think the DIS stands for disabled. I'm not hundred percent sure about that, yeah. but this is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a panel going on on Friday, July 19th, um, at nine o'clock. So, if you're not too wasted by then, it's in room 28D8. Um, and these are um, uh, disability representation in media and fandom. And it's going to start, it's going to feature Nick Novecki, Rachel Miner, and Shoshana Stern. And the reason why I'm so excited about this is I'm a big fan of Shoshana Stern. She was in uh, Weeds, if you guys watched Weeds, but she was also one of my favorite shows of all time, Jericho. So I'm going to actually get to uh, go and hear this panel. Um, representation, inclusion, it uh, it all matters. And um, I'm a big fan of, uh, I, she's the only one that I know from the panel, but I'm a huge fan, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, do you have any experience working with this group, Jimmy? I do not, um, but I I paw, perused that email real quick, uh, and but I didn't get approved to cover it, so I don't think I'll be able to. I mean, I can ch- I'll uh, definitely be be looking to check it out if there's nothing else I get assigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember when that is? 
I know uh, I had a, I think uh, that was right before or right after, but yeah, it's going to be pretty late. I'm, I'm sorry, uh-huh. the press room's right before or right after. The actual panel is Friday night at 9 o'clock. So, yeah. Um, oh, right, right, right. There's a, yeah. yeah. Lot but, of yeah, stuff. you know, I, I would just want to go to actually to that panel. I don't care so much about the press room there, um, but I just, I think it's something that's great. I want to support it. Um, and I'm a big fan of, of one of the panelists. I just, you know, I like to, and apparently she just wrote and directed a film or something. So let's go find out what the hell that's mm-hmm. all about. Uh, one of the other panels that I'm really looking forward to, Bear McCreary. You guys know who this guy is? Who is it? No, no. okay. Oh, well, he is a, he is a composer and he has been scoring some of the best, actually, the best television score I've ever heard in my life was this guy. He did Battlestar Galactica. Um, I love this guy's music. He also does The Walking Dead, so that's no small feat. He did Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and he did Chaz Play this year, which was the remake. He did 10 Cloverfield Lane, Colossal, and God of War. Uh, This guy's panel is going to be Saturday, July 20th from 5 to 6 p.m. That's in room 25 ABC. You guys can go to MattyTradio.com and find some information there if you you didn't write that down. Uh, We were excited about Lou Ferrigno coming, but we actually heard, and he was actually going to be a guest on tonight's show, but he had a family emergency, so he's going to cancel with us, but he also canceled his appearance. So uh, we were really excited to meet him and to, you know, see him at Comic-Con, shake his hand, and maybe get an autograph. Um, But uh, he's not going to be able to make it. Uh, net, the um, Netflix, I actually got approved to cover the Dark Crystal uh, press room, so I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Um, that is going to be a Hall H uh, panel, so good luck getting into that, but it is on Friday at 3.30. Uh, Slick, did you, are you aware of the Dark Crystal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've done Watched the new trailer a few times. So I'm in, I'm excited. My uh, I'm gonna. My daughter has the same reaction. Like I saw it as like a I don't know eight year old boy, and I liked the scary part of it. My daughter doesn't like how scary it is. Like <laughs> like the big small things are scary. The you know the the woman with the one eye and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm gonna. Had to get her to rewatch it right before the new series and, and see if I can get her into it. But if not, I'm I'm super happy about it. It is one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. Yeah, it's it's just one of those films that just just burns itself into your eyeballs. You remember that movie the way it looked and and, and all that. It was it's just it's just fantastic. Netflix is also going to be premiering The Witcher. Are you guys aware of The Witcher? Uh, I'm aware of the game. Yeah. Did you know who's starring as the Witcher? Um, no. Uh, he recently played a small role of Superman. His name is Henry Cavill. So there's a chance that Henry Cavill is going to be uh, at Comic-Con this year. And if you got into that press room, chances are you're going to be bumping elbows with Superman himself. So that panel, The Witcher, a Netflix original series, is going to be Friday at 2.15 um, and it looks like followed by 
the Dark Crystal at uh, 3.30. So those two panels look really, really fun. Um, uh, another thing that I'm kind of interested in, too, I, I can't – actually, I, I kind of can't wait for this. Critters is back. Do you guys remember watching Critters? Yeah. Rath, Critters oh, is yeah. back. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that looks yeah, pretty so funny. It looks fantastic. Slick, do you remember watching Critters? Oh, yeah. I uh, I literally just watched – they put a new – like mini series out on Shutter, which is uh, like all horror um, subscription service uh, mm-hmm. called Critters: A New Binge, and it was amazing. Yeah, like I that was pretty I'm funny. Big, yeah, I caught a couple episodes yeah. of that. Yeah, it's it's worth doing the you know if you've never done the free trial, do the like seven day free trial and and just binge. Uh, no pun intended, this critter series on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I actually, I remember a lot. I I think I remember that whole movie, and I, I I don't think I've seen it in 30 years, but I remember when those bounty hunter aliens were chasing the, the, the critters, and they ended up taking the shape of, like, the Playboy centerfold. It was like a staple, like, in her stomach. Um, and then right. they end up switching to, like, the rock and roll kind of had like the 80s you know uh what do you call that a mullet <laughs> and they had like these kick-ass guns and trench coats and um it was scary you know and it, it, like you almost didn't want to reach under your bed when you were a kid because of the critters right even though they were kind of cute in a way too but um man what a great movie i can't believe it's back at the same time i can believe it's black um and uh it's actually they're actually bringing back Aunt D, uh, so renowned actress D. Wallace, who was in the original Critters. You guys may know her from a little movie called E.T. She played the mom on E.T. as well. But she's reprising her role uh, on Critters Attack. There is a trailer. I do have it on the Maddie P. Radio site. You guys can check it out. Um, but it looks like uh, D. Wallace came back, and she's like a she's a critter bounty hunter herself. She's a critter killer. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um I'm always interested in Adult Swim. Um, they always put on a big show. So if you guys are out there at all, um, I recommend that you check that out. So uh, Adult, Adult Swim is going to be there. They, they always have like a big um, activation that's on the green uh, by the Hilton Bayfront. It's usually like a carnival kind of thing going on. If they don't put it there, they'll put it by Petco. Um, so... You can find all the details on that again on MaddieBRadio.com. And um, let's see here. Uh, there's oh, you had mentioned Shutter earlier. Well, Shutter uh, is encouraging everybody to uh, ditch the tights. It's time for frights. Shutter gives SEC creeps. Creep Show is coming back. Slick, do you remember Creep Show? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I I watch it every couple years, both of them. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so good. Um, in the early days of VHS, I had Creep Show. Well, my neighbor had Creep Show, and the one that would scare me the most is with Stephen King, and he would just kind of turn into moss. Do you remember that one? Man, that was good. Yeah, yeah. So, Jordy, uh, panel. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think it was like Jordy Ford or Jordy Forge. He always called himself a lunkhead. 
<laughs> I don't remember it that well. I just remember being kind of freaked out by Creepshow. Uh, panelists are going to include John, Giancarlo Esposito, the guy from Better Call Sal, Trisha Helper from Battlestar Galactica. So it's already got a all-star cast. Greg Nicotero, who did The Walking Dead, he's kind of responsible for all the zombies and that. So you know it's going to be good. The panel Friday at 5.45. It's in room 6 ECF. I think we can all get into that one. I uh, don't know about the others, though, the ones that are going on in Hall H. So uh, there's just a lot going on here. Um, there's um, there's also there's a cool... I, I kind of want to talk, okay, there's there's one more panel that I kind of want to bring up, um, and then I'd like to kind of talk about the exhibit hall a little bit. Uh, the next, uh, Jim Starlin is going to be returning to Comic-Con. If you guys are not familiar with that name, this guy is the creator of Thanos. So, you know, the, the guy kind of behind the, the big bad guy of the Marvel Universe, um, He's going to be at Comic-Con. It's going to be titled The Best Years Ever. So he's going to kind of go over what it was like to create Nano and what it's been like to be a part of this ride. And um, let's see if I could find when his panel is. It looks like it's on Thursday um, at 10 a.m. in room 7AB. So learn about the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, meet the man himself. I'm sure there's going to be a Q&A. So if you got those Thanos questions, take them to Comic-Con. That's going to be there too. Um, and, um, okay. Exhibit Hall stuff. Uh, what were you guys thinking the first time you walked onto a Comic-Con exhibit hall? Jimmy, go ahead. Uh, uh, well, for me, it was pretty – like, I had been to uh, uh, smaller conventions before, like um, – but – and by smaller, I mean, um, like, in just a, a, a banquet hall with uh, maybe a two dozen uh, fold-up tables, you know? And um, so to see that – to see something of this size with, that, with, with so many uh, – professional cosplayers and so many things from the actual movies. Like uh, I don't think was, I, I want to probably a DeLorean or something was it, there that first year. It wasn't a Batmobile, but it just totally blew my mind away. And every year it just gets bigger and badder and more stuff. And uh, uh, like I said, my favorite was when they had all those Batmobiles. Uh, and this year they, the, the convention floor can't even contain everything that needs to be in there. It spills out into the streets yeah. It uh, spills out into the close uh, run, nearby businesses. It's a mad, a madhouse. You know, I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. The exhibit hall is in the gas lamp now. It's it is across the street. It is by the bayfront. It's everywhere now. <laughs> that, I never really thought of it like that. I, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's so big. The convention center cannot contain it. Um, and I just I think that's grand because you get some big, big displays, big activations when you're talking about that. Yeah. You're talking about you get out, outside. Yeah. I think that's just awesome. But even even after you wade through all that to get to the convention hall and go to the exhibit floor, it's still mind blowing. It's a beehive of people and everybody is is 
looking for that free giveaway, that free T-shirt or whatever, and uh, it, it hustle and bustle with, but everybody's try having a good time, right? Nobody's getting mad at everybody because everybody appreciates everybody else's love for whatever it is they love, yeah. whether it's anime, cartoons, comics, podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's just, it's just everywhere, and it's. It's grand. It's awesome, you know. Um, I remember the first time that I went to the exhibit hall. I, I think I went on a Thursday. Was my first day ever going. Um, the first year I went, I only went. I think Thursday, Friday, or it was Friday, Saturday. I only went two days uh, the first time I went. But I had a girlfriend then, and so she went with me on the first day, and we just went into the exhibit hall, and we really only went through what I call the, the swap meet side, <laughs> kind of, you know, uh, back in, you know, back in 2002 or 2003, uh, one side really just sold comics and toys and stuff. It was kind of, kind of looked like a swap meet or like a flea market. You know, you had all these kind of booths mm-hmm. and stuff. There was a lot of cardboard boxes and we just kind of, I think we attended a panel or two and then we went into the exhibit hall and, we went to that half and then we left and then I came back the next day uh, in an unrelated event. We break up and she moves out of town. It has nothing to do with Comic-Con. <laughs> but uh, the, the next day um, I, I went back over there and I saw the other half and that's where the sideshow booth was and the Mattel and the Star Wars. Star Wars had a big presence back then too. And all these huge exhibits. And so this girl that I was dating there uh, was cool enough to go with me. She had a good time and everything, but she only saw uh, Comic-Con, the little flea market side. She never actually got to see that. So that was my first experience, but it took two days for me to actually see the whole thing, you know, and, and I just, it was night and day from those two experiences. Slick, what was your first time going into that exhibit hall? Um, same kind of thing. So, I mean, always, if you're doing it right, first time is going to be on preview, right? And uh, at least in in past years, it had been more calm. You know, preview night's just about as bad as any night nowadays. Um, But, uh, yeah, it, it was, like, calm. And for me, it was things I had only ever on fan sites. It's things I'd only ever heard about on podcasts or seen on YouTube, like these, like you say, like the Sideshow booth, uh, Gentle Giant, you know, these just amazing displays, you know, uh, huge glass cabinets, perfectly lit. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, just... It, it was absolutely amazing, you know. And like you say, when you talk about the size, uh, not that first year, but the but the next year, my wife and I were like, we're going to do this end to end. We're going to take a whole day and do it end to end. And it didn't take us all day, 
but we were also kind of moving it, you know, like we would walk past all the trade paperbacks because we weren't looking for those and that kind of stuff. But uh, it is, it's amazing how well it's organized. So if you do like the swap meet side, good for you. There's, there's independent dealers and, and, you know, more uh, like consumer level retail. If you like the dioramas and displays, there's all the different toy companies. And if you like the entertainment, you know, you have all the studios and, and shows and that kind of stuff. And then if you like art, you have Artist Alley and you have all the amazing art. If you're a designer toy, you know, like there's just these sections. So if if you want to see more panels or you want to do more stuff outside the the uh, exhibit hall, you can still hit the exhibit hall and just like spend a good like three hours just in your element. You know whatever whatever is cool to you, you can spend it there and see all the stuff that you love, or you can explore and maybe find a new passion. You know so. The, I, the immenseness of it and just the grandeur has has been my like I just I love it. Um, unfortunately, in my community, everything isn't all peace and love. I've seen fist fights for exclusives. I've seen people get thrown out. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. And you just you see the people scalping and you know and all this kind of stuff and 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 so at least in toy collecting, it can get kind of ugly. But uh, for the most part, in in all the other areas, it's pretty much, you know, good vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it can get a little competitive down there. They've they've obviously have calmed things down because they've kind of taken a lot of the, a lot of the anxiety kind of came with waiting in line and kind of getting in line and all that other stuff. And so, um, obviously one of the big differences since you've been coming slick is that they do the lottery system now for the Hasbro booth. Wow. So, you know, that's just, yeah. that's well, just one of those like things. Everything, right? Yeah. I don't Sorry, think they're doing it for Mattel. Yeah. Really? Oh, I guess that's true. I didn't see that on the list, but yeah, I don't think they're doing it for that, but yeah, they, and it's, it's, uh, it's going in that direction, but like a lot of the autographs are on the lottery system now. Um, it's just kind of cool. You know, and you don't have that kind of anxiety. Like if you can remember when we would have to get up at five in the morning and go over there and there was already people waiting since 12 at night, the night before. Right. So yeah. there's a lot because you're, you're tired, you're cranky, you're smelly. And then, and then, it's, there's no guarantees that you're even if you get in the line that you're going to get what you want. So there's a lot of anxiety behind that. And, um, I can see why people can get upset about that. Uh, but you know, all's fair in love and war. Um, you know, there's never been anything that I wanted that I didn't get because I just, you know, go on eBay. Yeah. You pay a little bit more for it, but done, you know, so that's always, there's always all back there. So, uh, if you are not going to Comic-Con this year and yet you're still listening to this episode, <laughs> uh, just keep your eyes on eBay or have one of your buddies that's going down to Comic-Con attempt it. Um, but only if they're already going in line. Don't be one of those people that ask somebody to go in a line for you to get something they're not already going to be in line for. That's just, that's a, that's kind of a mess of move. 
<laughs> you can really get caught in yeah. that line. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, what's that? It needs to be completely in line with what they had already planned. Like yeah. it, even you and I had arguments about doing something for each other because it does. It's just unfortunate. <laughs> You know, and that time at Comic-Con is super valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, I absolutely agree with you. It's it's craziness. Uh, yeah, man, uh, I think we should uh, – uh, I'm going to – you know, we're still waiting um, on the uh, – on Super 7 to give us a call. Uh, Brian Flynn, we're going to be bringing him on at around 9.15 – um, really looking forward to it, and um, I just uh, um, I just kind of wanted to you know, before before we got into the talk on the exclusives, I kind of wanted to talk to him first. And then, uh... hey, everybody, it's me, Dan Grimshay. I'm back. Oh, Sorry Dan. about that. I know I keep getting called away, and uh, be quite honest with you, I'm probably going to get called away again soon. But before I go, I just want to let you know, I just took a little break from the show to watch the entire season three of Stranger Things. Have you guys seen it yet? Anybody, it is it is great. It is that throwback. I don't want to get into it. Uh, but I will say, and this is not a spoiler in any way, there is a big reference to the uh, never-ending story movie theme. You guys remember the the song, the never-ending story? Yeah, you you probably got it. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but in the show, it's it's a little over the top. It's I would say, and I hope I'm not going to Johnny Carson here. It's a little bit like the never-ending reference. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Anybody? Anybody? Well, I'm sure you're laughing at home. Uh, but uh, maybe you don't get what I'm talking about. The the song. This, like every note of the, you know what I, I think we're just going to have to play the whole thing for you yes the entire song every note and I want you to hear every single note just like the Duffer Brothers take it away
That's right. Every single note of that was in Stranger Things Season 3. Still, great show. I don't want to get off on a tangent. As a matter of fact, let's get back to it. Something about San Diego Comic-Con live show 2019. We got callers. Let's bring them on. I want to be a part of this. Oh, shit. No. You know what? I'm still about 1,500 steps short of my goal today, so I'm back out of here. But you guys... Take it away. So, uh, yeah, that was a great, uh, thanks Grimshay for that. Uh, always entertaining. Um, sorry you couldn't be here, buddy, but you know, uh, always a pleasure to have you around. But so, uh, we got a little, couple technical problems. I was going to ask Jason, uh, were you going to be at Comic-Con this year? No, it's been, uh, it's, it's almost been like four years now. I think I, I went, the year after my daughter was born, um, it's it's just been tough with the family. You know, it's it's a pretty big commitment. The daughter's not old enough to really be able to handle lines like you need to be able to. Um, and then so then it leaves it to be a mancation, and uh, and I've done I've done a couple mancations in the last few years, but. It is. It's expensive, you know. Even being able to stay with somebody, you know, just airfare, you know. Again, I'm a big exclusive junkie, so shipping things is expensive. I, I think the last time I went, I had a, a $200 shipping bill, and that's like doing it good, not taking it to like the FedEx that's in the show, which is ridiculously expensive. Like that's like getting your own boxes, packing them up, shifting up via the post office. So uh, just haven't had the time or the, the money as of yet. But the wife and I, our big thing is uh, as soon as our daughter can prove that 
you can stand in line without freaking out, then uh, we'll definitely be coming back. <laughs> and when was the uh, when's the last time? So you said you've gone to twenty five. So when was the last time uh, you just went as an attendee? Uh, you know, just no obligations to report even, you know, just take pictures for a fan site or whatever. Just went and did everything for yourself. So, wow, we got some uh, really big problems. I hope everybody is still there hanging on. You still there, Jason? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you not hear me? Uh, no, I, uh, I, I I blanked out for just a second there. I can hear you now. Um, okay. But uh, everything, everything, you sound good, though. <laughs> it's it's uh, really <laughs> on our end, I guess. Uh, I was going to ask you, what is your uh, favorite um, thing that you've got there? Your biggest uh, conquest uh, at Comic Con. Oh my God! There's there's just been so many. I literally I uh, I track all my toy purchases. At least I have since like 2009. Um, so uh, when Marky talked about this, I was like, Oh man, I got to go back and look, uh, just because there's been so many. Um, I think. One of my most favorites was a Hasbro set. Let's say it was like 2010, 2011, maybe, um, and it was their vintage collection. So these are they're super articulated, you know, best three and three quarter figures, but on the old school Star Wars Empire Jedi cards. Mm-hmm. And that was um, it was a Death Star. It was this big, huge Death Star. Um, the uh, cards were all Revenge of the Jedi, which is, if anybody's familiar with uh, Return of the Jedi, that was the original working title original. for it. Sure, sure, sure. Deep cuts. We're, we're yeah. a big fan of deep cuts on the show. Exactly, exactly. And then the coolest thing was, um, so you picture a normal carded Star Wars figure. Well, they did a salacious crumb, which is uh, Jabba, Hutt, Jabba the Hutt's little crummy, and a mouse droid, which is the little uh, droid on the Death Star. They did little mini parts of them, parted parts <laughs> of them. So, Maybe maybe the fourth of the size of a regular Cardiff figure in that set. And, and that one I always dug a lot. I mean that was I just it it's really the packaging and and Hasbro does good. Mattel blows it out of the water. Like the creative packaging. They're they're releasing usually on the most part the same toys that they put out in mass retail eventually. They're just packaging them better. They're painting them better. Um, mm-hmm. Funnier concepts. Mattel did a, uh, a Wonder Woman invisible jet hot wheel, and it was literally just an empty package. And that right. was like Actually, what hey, guys, I'm back on. Can you hear me okay? Hey. Yeah. Oh, Welcome back. Wonderful. All right, right on. Uh, I just looked on eBay 
and that Wonder Woman empty package invisible jet is like a hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yeah, and you really got to I think I sold mine at a toy show, probably for ten bucks or something. <laughs> some kid. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> uh, thanks for keeping this thing going, guys. Uh, I was also trying to guest Brian Flynn, but he is MIA, so we're gonna have to catch up with him uh, at SDCC Comic Con. Um, he. I hope it was good conversation that you guys were having. Uh, hey, um, Mark, I hate to interrupt, but uh, from my end, it sounds like you're breaking up an awful lot. And it sounded like you were trying to say that Brian Flynn from uh, Super 7 wasn't going to be able to join us tonight, and we're going to catch up with him at Comic-Con, and uh, that maybe we were going to hop into that Chris James uh, interview. Uh, even better idea, uh, why don't we go with a little bit um, before we, we can't hear you, Marquis, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, uh, the, but me and Jason and I are grandpa. happy to rip on toys for a little while longer. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let me, I'll tell you one of my favorite toy stories, if I may, since uh, definitely. Since you're into toys, uh, I used to own a bar here in San Diego, and one year, um, this would have been the year when the Batman, uh, I think it was Mattel exclusives, the Batman cartoon, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they came in uh, closed boxes, and you could only get one at a time, and you kind of were looking for the Chase Catwoman, had different, came with different colored uh, jeweled cats that she stole, right? So anyways, I got into the convention and had a good time and got a couple of those boxes. And then, um, so fast forward, I mentioned I owned a bar. So um, some guys from the part, from the convention for, were looking for a place to hang out after hours from the Mattel booth. So I said, yeah, man, come on down. So about uh, maybe 15, 20 people from the booth, like the girls that were working there, the guys that were running it, and a couple other people. They came on down, and uh, as a thank you, they brought me four stacks of uh, the characters, like uh, two Batman and, and two Catwoman, just boxes. And these kids don't know what it was, don't appreciate what they're giving me, right? They're just like, hey, here you go, old man, do something with these. But yeah, that was one of that was one of the best nights, <laughs> best nights ever. We, we were Are you guys having so fun? <laughs> We're trying to. Oh, the beauty of a live episode. Uh, is this coming back? At uh, am I? Do I sound clear th- on this call? So far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so far. Okay. All right. Well, you we're just gonna go with that. Yeah. I don't want to push my luck too much. So hold on, everybody. Hold on. What we're gonna do? We're gonna go to Chris James, and I've already recorded this thing. But I want to try something else here, okay? I know it's a little nuts here, but I'm going to do a copy read right now. Here we go. You, are you guys ready for this? Make it happen. I'm, All right, here we go. I'm big.
All right, guys. This is the graphic novel tells the little-known history of the Greek War of Independence in the narrative epic perfect for fans of Game of Thrones. IDW Publishing proudly presents Sons of Chaos, July 2019. Uh, it's for 39.99, 192-page full cover, full color hardcover, 13 and a half by 10 and a half hardcover. Awesome, lavishly illustrated graphic novel written by our guest, Chris James, and illustrated by Ale Aragon that relates the real-life heart-rendering heart story of the war that quietly shaped the Western world. This oversized graphic novel provides an immense panoramic experience for readers, transporting them back to the Mediterranean shore of 1821 as seen through the eyes of Marcus Botseris, the son of, of a respected Greek leader taken prisoner as a child and raised in the dungeons of history's most infamous Ottoman Pasha, Ali Pasha of I, Ionia, I hope I'm saying that right, known as the Napoleon of the East. Hundreds of years of Ottoman rule gave the Greeks a reason to fight. Marcus Botserius gave them a leader. Sons of Chaos follows Marcus as he escapes captivity, falls in love, and fiercely leads Greeks to a bloody revolution that shattered the Ottoman Empire and shaped the Western civilization as we know it. As we approach the, the war's 200th anniversary, its lingering tensions still plague the, the Eastern and Western worlds. I had a chance to read this book, uh, this graphic novel. I think it's amazing. Um, and uh, without further ado, I think we should finally... And for the final time, finally, <laughs> assuming that there's no more problems with this, um, I think we should uh, hear the interview. You guys want to hear the interview? Let's hear yeah, it. Boy. I feels okay. like I've been waiting all night. All right. Well, yeah, I think we have. <laughs> uh, I, th- I got to find the magic interview machine button, though, because this thing is just crazy. Magic interview machine. Can you get me to Chris Jane's? All right, we are on the line right now is Chris James. Uh, Chris James is a multiple award-winning American writer, director, producer, actor, and musician. In his nearly three decades of working in the entertainment industry, he has been a member of Capitol Records recording artist band Bootstraps, acted in such projects as Lost, Party of Five, and Chicago Hope. He wrote, produced, and directed the multiple award-winning films In Memory of My Father. He's directed numerous films and TV shows. This guy doesn't quit, and he just got through writing uh, this amazing, amazing graphic novel called Sons of Chaos. I just cracked open a copy, uh, advanced copy, I guess, that I just got. Uh, I literally just got my hands on it about two hours ago. I'm about three-quarters of the way in. It's amazing. Uh, Say hello, Chris James. Uh. Wow. If you could maybe just call me every morning and remind me that I have <laughs> purpose, that would be amazing. It makes you like feel my good. My mom doesn't, doesn't do it that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are all about yes. validation here uh, at Saturday Morning Serial. Um, yeah, man, I just got this book, and I did yeah. not expect it to be this like coffee table book. This is a book. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of a hard thing to explain to people uh, without them seeing it. Otherwise it just feels so uh, inferior what I'm trying to say about the book. It's hard to uh, convey that it is massive. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, thanks man. 
No, yeah, and it's just uh, it is something else. I'm a uh, I'm a big history buff. I like comic books. I like graphic novels. I like a lot of violence. Uh, you know, I like Greek tragedy. You know, I did all this stuff. This 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 book is made for me, and uh, it wow. looks like you guys got it all right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you different. <laughs> um, but I, I, I hope so. You know, I think it's always challenging when you're inside something for so long to have any real objectivity to it. So I can only hope that people like you show up and say all the things that you just said. Uh, I mean, that's the best thing I could hear. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, and, you know, kind of take us, uh, take us through kind of the process and kind of, you know, why this story, uh, you know, tell us how it kind of landed in my mailbox. <laughs> well, unfortunately for some uh, delivery person, they had to carry it and that, you know, hopefully we're not liable for injury or of, <laughs> of your arm movements, but uh, I don't, it's been a long process. So, you know, the minutia is just ongoing and, the levels and layers that went into it are so far beyond what I ever intended that it, we would really have to hang out for far too long. But the the short version is I got introduced to a somewhat insane Greek guy uh, who was named Nick Lambro. And initially I thought he was just reaching out to harass me and he was another human that was just, you know, pushing an idea and that was ridiculous. But after his, uh, you know, relentlessness, we ended up becoming kind of like brothers. And he's an impassioned Greek guy, and he kept uh, explaining to me that there about this revolution that happened that the world really hasn't heard about that had significant implications, as much so or more than the French Revolution in, in defining Western Europe, you know, mm. 200 years ago. And and so after he kind of convinced me that it was pretty interesting, I started diving in and then got obsessed to the point that wasn't good for my health. And and so it it was you know just a layered process. Uh, it's there's very little information in the English language about this, and the resources are all conflicting. So it just depends upon the agenda of the writer. So it was. What do you think that is? Of, well, I think Fox News and MSNBC. You know, it's the yeah. same with all history. People who are writing it, it depends how they felt about it and what their opinion was and which side they were on. Mm-hmm. So, based on the individual bias of each individual, you have to go in like an investigative reporter and understand who did the writing, so that you could start to assess what might have really happened. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I got just meticulously obsessed and lots of migraines and hospital visits for morphine uh, and uh, worked through it until I got to the point where I came upon this story as a good one to introduce the subject matter to a public that didn't really know about it. Um, Well, I know I know what the what the secret is as a fan of the Star Wars franchise. I could tell you now. talks of trade routes and bureaucracy can turn off some people, not me, but some people, the way you get them (laughs) is through war and violence. 
uh, this book got it. Like it's crazy good, and it is it is it is illustrated to to impress. Oh man, it, it's such a nice thing to hear. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for looking at it and and uh, for everything you're saying. Uh, yeah, I, I got to give every ounce of credit to Al Aragon, the the artist. He he really just took it to a level beyond what I could have ever conceived. So without him, I'm just a guy with a bunch of words, you know, uh, but yeah. <laughs> well, and even, you know, and um, uh, it takes me probably longer to read a graphic novel of the same page number as a regular novel, you know, because totally. I take those pictures so you know i just i just look at them for a long time you know i really take my time moving from panel to panel nice. and words really <laughs> yeah. do have to whatever word you're going to put on that page has to be worth my eye you know it really does right and it, totally. it, it really just has to it, it it has to bounce you from panel to panel has to move that story along it has to give you a reason to look at the next picture it has to tell you what you just saw in the last picture um you deserve right. the writing credit for this and uh, I also noticed that this was your whole story idea, too. Um, so, you know, this is really your this is your baby. You know, this this exists because of you. Um, and the work really, really, really shows on this one. Well, you know, thanks for saying that. But there was a lot of people that I desperately needed that if with, they didn't exist again, I would just be farting around with myself and paper. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, you're, uh, you're totally right. And I had never written something of the stature. I'd written screenplays in another book, but not a graphic novel. And it was so challenging to, to minimize yeah. and economize the word usage and then i had to rewrite and i placed each bubble to mirror what he created so it was like i started from scratch once i got once we had the artwork returned and tried to suit the 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 pictures instead of wishing that the pictures suited the writing and to create like a rhythmic experience and trying to figure out what not to say it, it was it, it uh, look i admire anybody that does this well cuz it's one of the harder yeah. things i've ever had to do uh, yeah, yeah, it's um it uh comics are not kids stuff, you know. <laughs> I know that's really hard to no. for some people to really believe, but this is not kids stuff, which is why this popularity in movies and in comic conventions, like it's this even, you know, <laughs> we're about to go to San Diego Comic-Con and there's probably maybe 5% of attendees are kids. Right. This is not right. kids. Stuff. Right. It's no, not easy. No. no, yeah. no. <laughs> well, um, kind of let's let's move on to that. I know uh, you guys are going to have some some presence there. Uh, tell us about how you're going to spend your your uh, Comic-Con uh, 2019. Well, I I'm just getting there for the 20th and the 21st. Uh, mm -hmm. so the 20th, I'm still figuring out the 21st, uh, I'll be doing signings at the IDW booth, um, at like 10 to 11. And, uh, then I think there's kind of a relaxed IDW party at my hotel that night. So if anybody wants mm -hmm. to show up, that's at the, right the Bayfront <laughs> Hilton, uh, okay. please come. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. The rest I've got to figure out, you know, I've never, I've never actually been there before. Um, so and uh, yeah. Have you so, been to I mean, a convention before? 
Uh, have you been to a yes. Comic-Con at all? I, well, my first one was different, but I went to WonderCon a couple uh-huh. months ago. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but So similar but different, I think. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. WonderCon. So, I mean, it's like Comic-Con light. It really is. It's what Comic-Con right. was 10, 15 years ago. That's what WonderCon is now. Um, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you are in for a shock. Let me put it that way. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. Um, yeah, well, I hope so. Good. Uh, what, what are you guys doing there? Well, uh, you know, uh, we go to different press rooms and press panels and roundtables. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of interviews. Um, are you aware of some of the talent that you're going to be sharing that IDW booth with? Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a pretty significant list. I mean, it's great. I was actually looking at it earlier, like Kevin Eastman is going to be there. Right. Totally. And then I know like the George Takai book is going, George Takai is going to be there. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And and you know, um, uh, uh, his, his, uh, his book is another one of those examples of, this is not kid stuff. You know, he actually wrote a book. About his about his Japanese internment, um, you know. Exactly. Like, so this is, you know, again, guys. Uh, comics are. This is a whole different ball yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's 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 more just it's literature now, you know. Yeah. But with, with a different use of imagery, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything kiddish in most books these days. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, but you know, and, uh, uh, even in the even in those books that are kind of perceived as a little bit more kids, there's always something in there for the adults in the room. I mean, it's 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 got to be something so that you that you will want to take your kid to go and watch it, or you're going to want to participate with them. So there's always a little bit of something in there for all of us. But a lot of the content here, you have to be careful of kind of you know if you have young kids, you know, like. Um, uh, I mean, <laughs> Sons of Chaos is not something you want your five-year-old to be reading. <laughs> well, no, that. no. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because I was wondering initially, like, should I be putting a sticker warning on this that says this is not for children? <laughs> like, because it is pretty – I don't know. You've seen it. There's. It's not that it's so bloody and gory. It's just a, a level of raw sort of grime and circumstantial things that are much more adult, obviously. Yeah, no, there's some, you know, there's some, there's some graphic scenes in here, you know, uh, of all kinds. And uh, I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for anybody. I, I really, I want people to go buy this book. I think it's fantastic. Uh, is there anything else at the comic convention that you're, that you got your eye on? Panel wise uh, or shopping wise or anything? You know, I've been so all over the place that I haven't even had the time to really look at the schedule, to be honest with you. I'm just trying to deal with this, this launching this book. And so I'm sort of hoping that people point me in the right directions. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm just excited to go and figure it out for the first time. Um, that said, you know, if you want to do any sort of a a gifting giveaway. We can give a couple of books to your listeners if you want to do something, and we'll happily, if they're showing up, I'll, I'll give them a couple books. Um, all right, all right, so. um, all right. So, uh, how about we uh, we give somebody the first one that can find you at the IDW booth 
if they say, I like Saturday morning cereal, then you give them a book. Does that work? <laughs> that, that's 100% done. Okay. All right. Uh, definitely so not forget that. This is going to be fun. Uh, so the IDW booth and uh, when, when is your session? Sunday the 21st at uh, 10 to 11 a.m. Okay, 10 to 11 a.m. And then somebody has to stop by and say, I love Saturday morning cereal. And you're going to give them one of these awesome books. And, it's, and this is about a 20-pound book. You know, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's a big book, <laughs> and it's beautiful. And it took me about 15 minutes just to start reading it because I was looking at the picture so much. And then I started reading it, and I liked it better. And I'm about three-quarters of the way in. Um, I still don't, I don't know how this is going to end because I'm not familiar with this oh, part good. of history, which is great. Yeah. Um, I have some suspicions well, I and I, you... I already have my eye on something. <laughs> oh, good. I want to get really good. Yeah. You to tell me when you're finished, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, honestly, the, the challenge we had with the book was it was so big that the, the cost to print was going to make the retail price so high that the crazy Greek guy I told you about. Uh -huh. ended up helping sub subsidize it with IDW to bring the cover price down so that people had access to it. Uh, wow. But initially it was supposed to be a $50 book. We got it down to 39 and now it's on sale everywhere for 27. Um, they are one of my favorite books um, uh, because they, you know, they give the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a home. They gave the X-Files <laughs> right. a home when, you know, when it was off the air. Uh, they gave Jericho, which is one of my favorite shows. They right. gave that a home. These guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they support artists. I, I love IDW. That's the great publisher. Absolutely. Um, I encourage everyone that can hear us, check out the IDW booth and especially get there on Sunday from 10 to 11. And our guest, Chris, Chris James is going to give you a book. All you got to tell him is how you love Saturday morning cereal. And he's going to give you guys a book. So um, at least the first one, we'll see how many books he's got left. Um, so yeah, man, uh, you know, anything else on the horizon? What's your next big project? You know, I see you're a pretty busy guy. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of things uh, that I've been working on. Um, so I'm, I might start a second graphic novel that's a totally different different uh, type of book that's based on a, a true story. It's almost like my version of E.T., but it's based on a true story. And there's a, a not-for-profit that I've worked with for a while called Island Dolphin Care. And what we do there is we kind of repurpose uh, animals that can't live back in the wild, uh, like mm. dolphins that can't go back to the wild. And we acquire them from swim programs, and we take them out of exploitation. And we've created therapy programs for kids with special needs. And uh, and so it's cool. So the the book I, I've written the screenplay of it already, and it's basically the story of how this place started, which is an amazing surreal story about a, a boy who was born with a congenital heart defect and not supposed to survive. When he was three years old, he had his third open heart surgery and went paralyzed in his left side from a stroke. And uh, he ended up having a full cover recovery that was stimulated by his relationship with the dolphin. Um, so it, but my version of it is kind of a lot of fantasy mixed in with the true sort of reality. So that's one thing I've been working on and uh, a bunch of other things. But uh, it, there's a bunch of them listed on my website. If you want to go, it's just at chrisjames.com. But it's J-A-Y-M-E-S. 
dot com. And uh, there's also a pretty layered website for Sons if you want to go see sonsofchaos.com as well. Um, uh, sonsofchaos.com. Yeah, I think you guys should check that out. I actually was on there. Um, I guess when I when I first heard when I first heard of the of the book, that's when I started to kind of poke around. The images look great. It kind of it kind of comes off as looking like a little 300 ish, you know, um, but it's not. It, yeah, but it's it's not like that. It's just a little bit more serious. Um, it's 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 real. You know, if there's there's something about it that's a little bit more grounded, um, something that I kind of liked a, a lot. Uh, <laughs> so uh, cool. go out there and get the book. If you happen to be at Comic-Con this Sunday, uh, go to the IDW booth, meet Chris. And if you're the first one that can find him and, and tell him how much you love Saturday morning cereal. He's going to give you a book. Um, thanks so much for this. If you don't mind, I'm going to come and find you. Uh, say hello uh, when, uh, Please, when I'm at yeah. the con. Yeah, man. But thank you so much for taking some time. Um, and uh, I'll let you go. And I'll see you on uh, Sunday at Comic-Con. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And, and do let me know if you were correct in what you think is going to happen in the end. Yeah, man. I I need I to got hear. Now. I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, Take brother. care now. All right, bye bye. Well, yeah, have a good night. See you. Bye. Bringing kids our power pack. No serious. But Shredder wants it. We must take that power. Yeah. Let me have it. Let's give it to him. Oh, the Ninja Mesh. Shout out, dude. It's Crunchy Ninja Mesh with Ninja Marshmallows. Power pack crunch. Part of your balance pack tastes great. Now we crunch you. Turtle power. Yeah, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cereal. I remember that. I don't know if you guys ever had a chance to do that. But, uh, yeah, we just heard from Chris James. Uh, and as uh, just to recap there, he's going to be at the IDW booth on Sunday, uh, 10 a.m. to 11 o'clock. And if anybody goes up to him in that hour and says, I love Saturday morning cereal, he will give you one of those $30 books. Um, he might have said only the first one, but maybe I, if I there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> he might have said, I'm not 100% sure how that went down. But, uh, yeah, if you go up to him and say, I love Saturday morning cereal, he's going to be at the IDW booth. What's that booth. catchphrase one more time? I love Saturday morning cereal. <laughs> Give me that phrase that pays. I love Saturday, I love morning, Saturday cereal. morning cereal. And uh, so go to the IDW booth on Sunday, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. It's the same booth with Kevin Eastman of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And also George Takei is going to be there, too. Um, they're going to be in different hours. But IDW is no joke. This is a, it's a pretty great... big. They have a pretty big peasants normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's one of the. Well, it's the. Would you? I. I guess it's a top three comic publisher, right? I mean, there's. Well, maybe four. There's top. Obviously, top there's three DC. is generous, but. It, yeah. It's up there. There. It's on that second tier, but they're like there with Dark Horse, um, uh, Vertigo. Or, you know, they're they're around that level. So, they're uh, what I told what Chris and I were talking about was. IDW gives a home to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They gave a home to the X-Files, to Jericho, uh, a show that I love. You know, these guys, these guys give, you know, I think, uh, wasn't Ghostbusters with them, Slick? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. So this is right now. This is where Transformers, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters crossover. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but this is where properties go when they refuse to die. They go to IDW, and IDW pumps life into them. Uh, they have one of the most active, most interactive um, booths on the whole exhibit floor. And while we're talking about the exhibit floor, I know we were having some technical difficulty. We didn't get a chance to bring in our Super 7 founder, Brian Flynn. We're going to try to catch up with him at Comic-Con. But I believe Slick was about to get into the exclusives to keep an eye on at Comic-Con. Yeah, and like I say, these are these are coming from my my territory, the four greatest action figure franchises of the '80s and all time. Um, but yeah, there's there's some good stuff. Uh, Hasbro has a six inch. If you follow them, there is six inch Star Wars figures now. Um, they're lovingly referred to as the Black Series, and uh, they are doing an Empire carded uh, Boba Fett in toy color. So the thing about these Black Series figures is is they're hyper detailed. Um, They normally come in a a very elegantly boxed uh, box display. Uh, But this will actually be a carded uh, Boba Fett in his original toy colors. Um, Let's see what some of the other stuff. Uh, Hasbro's also doing the same thing with a throwback to the Toy Biz Hulk. So they're going to be putting out, now this is a six-inch scale Hulk, which means he's considerably bigger. So it's going to be a very large parted Hulk. Um, Mattel, uh, they are doing a Slim Jim Macho Man. So full decked out and Slim Jim garb with literally boxes of Slim Jims where the there's individual Slim Jims in the boxes. So uh, I think the actual packaging the- is him in the Slim Jim box, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's the box it is a Slim Jim box. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, to Transformers, uh, they are doing, uh, like I say, the IDW is doing a Ghostbusters uh, Transformers crossover. Well, earlier in the year, um, it's just starting to come out now, hit shelves now, there is a Ecto-1 Transformer. So the Ecto-1 that turns into a robot-looking Ghostbuster. Um, I think you can find those at GameStop now primarily. Um, But they're taking it a step further, and they're doing the Masterpiece Optimus Prime mold. So this is like one of the most perfect Optimus Primes you've ever seen. Looks like the cartoon, looks like the toy, transforms perfect, very about a nine-inch figure uh, in bot mode, and it's a Ghostbusters crossover, uh, complete with, like, uh, slime deco, like he ran into Slimer, and it's all splashed across his trailer, um, ready to believe you on the trailer, he has a uh, a uh, backpack 
that, you know, can turn into uh, one of the ghost swans. Thing. So that's a good one out there. Very reasonable at 150 bucks. Um, and then, like I say, even though he wasn't able to join us, Super 7 has some pretty good stuff. Um, their reaction line, which is like a throwback five point of articulation, kind of Star Wars, you know, vintage Star Wars esque figures. They are doing break in the movie, being a huge hip hop head, even though it, it, it's Breakin's kind of one of those questionable ones in hip hop history. But uh, they're doing break in figures and they have a boombox three pack of them complete with like more like breaking through electric boogaloo deco and stuff like that so to me that's that's one thing i'll be asking marquee to mule for me if if it's convenient for him uh um, i think brian yeah, are... I, I think brian flynn owes us so i'm gonna have to go to him and say hey give me one of those <laughs> uh yeah i actually got my eye on something from uh, Super 7, and what I was actually, just to, let's just pretend that the interview happened, because one of the big deals about Super 7 is that they moved to booth 2543, so they're right next to Mattel. They used to be kind of by Artist Alley, way on the left side, and, you know, that's kind of, you know, you that's kind of where the, where the independent toys are, right, Slick? Isn't that where some of your buddies were? Yeah, so that's kind of like the uh, art toy or designer toy uh, section. And uh, they've integrated a lot of those. uh, I've seen a few podcasts where um, some of those indie toy companies are being integrated more in just kind of the whole toy area along with Hasbro and Gentle Giant, uh, you know, uh, Diamond Distributors, that kind of stuff. So I I think it'll make for great exposure for those companies. You don't have to wander all way down there into scary artist alley and stuff. They'll be right along with the mass-produced big box people. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to be between Mattel and Entertainment Earth. So they're like I don't know if they're going to get rid of all those tables for eating. I think it sounds like those are gone. <laughs> so, uh, but speaking of eating, one of the other exclusives that Super 7 has is a big pizza box. It's like a full-size mm-hmm. pizza box, and it's got a Teenage Mutant, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle on the pizza box. You open it up, and it's got uh, reaction-style uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures, and they're all basically a slice of the pizza. And uh, if you go to MattyPRadio.com, I put some images up there. Doesn't this look cool, Slick? <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, hard to display because you want to display it open. Um, I'm not sure how well the individual carded figures will be held in there. But, yeah, it's it's an amazing concept. I mean, they, they blew it out of the blew it out of the water with that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the other thing that I got my eye on as far as Super Seven goes, uh, one of the inspirations for Ralph McQuarrie, which ended up basically designing Star Wars, is the Metropolis Robot Maria. Uh, you guys have all seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it's basically a C-3PO with boobs. You know, it's kind of what it is. And 
uh, right? I mean, <laughs> and so reaction, yeah, this is a reaction figure. Again, booth 2543. I think it's only like seven bucks. No, it's six dollars. So a very, very affordable, exclusive. This is a part of movie history, and it's never been a figure as far as I know. And it's beautiful. It even has like a collector coin kind of put in there. So it's, you know, all of these reaction figures are kind of Star Wars, um, uh, Star Wars Kenner throwback packaging. I don't know if you'll agree with that, Slick, but that's kind of what it looks like to me. And um, it's just looks fantastic. I can't wait to buy this. Uh, you know, it, it just it just looks amazing. It's it's just a it's a beautiful figure because it's so primitive as far as droids go. It belongs on a on a minimally articulated figure. It's the perfect figure for this type of design, right? I I agree. Um, in my opinion, some of their some of their uh, licenses they reach a little bit with this format. But especially that figure, it works out perfectly, uh, complete with uh, it's fully back metalized. It's got the silver leg, which if you're a Star Wars fan, you know that's a must. And then uh, the coin, so it's reminiscent of the power of the fourth line, the yeah. the exit line for the vintage Star Wars figures. But it it is 15 bucks, just to not get anybody's hope with I, I was actually about to. Yep, I actually noticed that. The, the thing that I was looking at was uh, they have uh, Toxic Crusaders Keshi, and those are going to be in a three pack, and those are going to be six dollars. Th- th- those are those little rubber figures, right? Yeah, yeah, the uh, muscle, you know, trading figures from Japan. Yeah, I don't really care about that, but <laughs> we went over the three. Um, can you tell me what is this? What is this Megatron? Is this just like a like a jumbo Megatron that doesn't transform? Yeah, so uh last year they did a prime and so it's a twelve inch uh it's a twelve inch uh figure and it only has uh I think the prime maybe at five this one it looks like is gonna have seven. Um and what it is, it's very simplified. It's very accurate to the animation, which, you know, if you if you have a transformer, that's kind of hard to pull off because it's got to have the engineering involved. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Prime had this gimmick where you could pull off the chest, and you see kind of a animated version of the inner workings, not like Michael Bay with, like, real gears and stuff like that, but a very artistic rendition of the inner parts. And, uh, yeah, this Megatron, that's clear, all clear with the same kind of gimmick where you can take the chest off. It's gorgeous. I, I'm a sucker for clear figures. And, again, 12-inch figure for 75 bucks that's kind of a no-brainer. If it, again, some people in the community are like, oh, my God, you never buy a Transformer figure that doesn't transform, so you have those naysayers. But if I was there, this would be an easy pickup for me. I believe you asked to get you the Prime, but I couldn't, right, last year? Um, no, because the Prime, it, the Prime was a weird mix. 
Um, so that wasn't one I was looking for, but it's probably something else. There was something else. you asked me to get you that I couldn't get. I don't remember what it was, but I believe it was. I believe it was with Super Seven, wasn't it? It had something you wanted last year that I that I couldn't get because, uh, like, it was like one of those things where you had to line up in the morning first thing, you know. Yeah, and it could have been the uh, it could have been the Laughing Adam. They did. Uh, if anyone's ever seen the meme of. Masters of the Universe doing uh, four non-blonde hay. Is that the name of it? <laughs> or just step outside, she takes a deep breath and she gets real high. They yeah, do that yeah. song very fabulously, to put it one way, uh, using Adam, you know, from Masters of the Universe because it always has that kind of... Oh, yeah, thing, I remember you know, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I thought that was a that was a great piece, but I just I didn't I did not have a chance to freaking get it. Like there was just always like this huge line. Like like it's one of those things. And for all of you guys out there that are still listening to this program, a couple of hours in, um, <laughs> this is one of those things where like sometimes you have to give up everything to get something. And I believe that 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 exclusive last year was just that type of thing, you know. So. Um, my, you know, I'm sorry. I hope you got to get it from someone. Did you? Well, yeah, they, they actually put them up for order after the, after the show and they were relatively easy to get it. If you were on them within a day, I mean, that's the whole thing, which in this day and age, that's doing good. Most of this hard to find stuff sells out and Hasbro will have some, the important stuff will sell out in three minutes. Mattel have some left over the the in demand stuff because you got to remember there's a lot of people flipping this stuff. So by the time these companies put their leftovers on sale, the market has already set the value of them. So that makes flippers try to get even more of them. You know, get them at a, a retail price, and they're already going for double or triple on eBay. It it really becomes this nasty underworld of the toy collecting community. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Well, you know, I mean, uh, we could go on and on about that one. Um, Hasbro, uh, as you were saying, like, they, they, they always have some really cool things. Mattel always has some really cool stuff. Last year, I kind of missed out on getting my hands on a uh, – I wanted that Superman Hot Wheels. I'm pretty good about getting Hot Wheels every year. And I really wanted one and those things never sell out. So I was just taking it. I was just slow playing it. Nope. Every time I would go every afternoon, they were sold out, sold out, sold out. And then Sunday, I just kind of forgot to go get one, you know, but I was thinking to myself, I'll get one. I mean, nobody ever sells out on the Hot Wheels. Nope. And still on eBay, they're 120 bucks minimum. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's the one thing that I, you know, I have, <laughs> I could always get the Hot Wheel. Nope, not this year. You know, because it's hard for people to pay $25 for a Hot Wheel, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but exactly. th- those things went out quick. And, you know, it's $120. And, you know, my limit right now is around 80 bucks. I'd pay $80 for it. <laughs> I just can't find it. <laughs> but I was uh, – this year um, – hey, Jimmy, are you there? I'm here. Loving yeah, every minute of it. Year, this year's Mattel is the 87 Batmobile. Are, are you aware of this exclusive? 
87 Batmobile? Yeah, the Michael yeah, Keaton. Yeah, that's uh, from uh, the comic book. No, from I'm sorry, oh, from, from I'm sorry, eight, I'm sorry, it's the 89. It's from yeah, it's um, the Hot Wheel of the Michael Keaton Batmobile, and it's in like like this awesome uh, packaging. Mm-hmm. And it's a slightly bigger scale, am I right? I don't think so. Is it slick? Uh, it might be. They do. Uh, they do do a scale like just over the. Well, maybe maybe about one seven five over the mm-hmm. Hot Wheel scale. So it might be one of those. I I haven't seen comparison pics or anything. Well, um, as Jimmy is our resident Batman um, fanatic. I'd like to cut you a deal, Jimmy. I will try to get one, and I will try to get two. If you try to get one, please try to get two, because I don't, I do not want to okay. miss out on this one, as I did on last year's Superman one. The the one about last year's was it was basically like the very first um, uh, Superman comic where he's holding up the like green car. So the actual mm-hmm. Hot Wheel was the green car. And it was packaged like in this acrylic with the actual backdrop was the comic book or the very first Superman. The Hot Wheel was just the green car. And they added this little tiny Superman figure underneath holding the car up. So, (laughs) you know, it's technically a Hot Wheel, but it's a diorama with a little tiny Superman figurine. And it's gorgeous. And I really wanted it. Uh, but I missed out. I don't want to miss out on what I think is the best Batmobile of all time, uh, the 89 Batman. I'm sure you're going to say 66, but I, I think it's the Tim Burton one. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. Uh, well, you're entitled to your opinion, and we can debate that on another show. <laughs> but there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that Batmobile, just because it's not my favorite. Um, yeah. uh, that's kind of one of my jams is I collect Batmobiles. Uh, and that's a good one. That's why I wasn't I wasn't sure about that scale. They do uh, like I was thinking of a, a bigger scale. that's about a foot long. It's all metal. Uh, I, I can't think of who makes it. I wasn't sure if that's who. If that's the one you were talking about, I thought there was a uh, somebody else had a an '89 exclusive Batmobile. No, you know, you know th- this is a, this is just a straight up. This is a Hot Wheel, you know, and. Uh, it's it's in this cool packaging. It's just it's gorgeous, you know. So I, I believe it's around twenty five dollars again. It might even be thirty. So uh, if you're gonna get it, please get me one. If I get it, I'll get you one. Um, but I, I don't want to miss out this year. So I'll cut you a deal. You, are you in? I you want to do this? I dig it, brother. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm in. All you right. heard it. All right. Witnesses. And this is this is how you handle Comic Con, man. You cut deals. the best way to do it man um all right slick what else have you got for us have you gone through your list yeah yeah i mean that's uh let me see here oh and i guess one more big shout out to uh mattel um so super seven's been doing the masters of the universe line for the last couple years and they've even brought back the the 5.5, the vintage buck, um, as we call it in the toy collecting community. So basically the, the vintage He-Man body, that 
that very muscular, stout body. They brought it back and been doing filmation versions of it. Um, but Mattel is going to be producing Masters of the Universe again as well. Um, they are coming out with new, again, five-and-a-half-inch uh, stout little vintage bucks, but they're super articulating them now. I mean, to a point, uh, you're getting – so those old ones used to be arms, legs, waist, and head. So you got six points of articulation. These new ones will have 16 points of articulation. But side by side, you know, besides a, a cut here or there in the mold for the articulation, they are the same form factor as the vintage ones. So that's got – that's kind of got a Masters of the Universe collectors reinvigorated. This again, it's this whole another format that they can just go crazy and produce all 92 characters in this format again. So, people, uh, this year is a He-Man and Prince Adam from the mini comic, not from the cartoon, but from the mini comic uh, two pack. And uh, when Mattel put up, they put up a, a little subset of their offerings online uh, for pre-order. Real weird system this year. Put them up on pre-order online. They've done that all the years past. And then as an attendee, you could go pick them up. Well, this year they put them online to pre-order and then you still have to be an attendee. But what you do is you check in at their booth and then they ship it to you after the show. So they're what? actually not handling any pre-order, any pre-order distribution at the show, which is Ooh. insane to me. Like, people went crazy over that. But that He-Man still sold out super fast when they put it up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning um, a few weeks ago. So that's one of those, if you're going to be stopping by the Mattel one, I'd like you to try to get me that two pack. But yeah, you're gonna have to write that, down what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's about it. I after not attending for a few years, I I've lost my exclusive lust, you know. Those first couple of years I didn't go, I was begging you like, please give me this and this and this and, <laughs> you know, I was trying to recreate that experience and and I say just, you know, pick up the stuff on the secondary market that you really like. But, you know, the fun of it's getting it there, in my opinion. I, I hate getting shipped from eBay, you know. Like, yeah. it just doesn't have that same gratifying feeling. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with you. Plus, it's like, you know, you have so much. There's so much out there, you know. So uh, the actual attachment is that you were there to get it you know so it's just it's a whole other thing i don't know what i think about mattel doing that where you basically just go and check in and then they're going to ship it to you it's kind of weird but you know it probably saves them a lot of money as far as you know warehousing and all that stuff down there you know it's just might as well just ship it to you direct it probably and when they do that you end up paying for the actual warehousing not not them so it Kind of makes yeah, sense, I guess. Shipping was yeah. ridiculous. Shipping was ridiculous too. Of course, it was overpriced. It was insane. But. And I've ordered stuff from Mattel, 
Hasbro's worse, but Mattel's not that great either. But these guys cannot package. They're not collectors, right? They just throw in a little paper, and the box is bouncing around all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah. And don't yeah, ever they're... trust big box retailers with your collector's collection. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, other than that, like, I don't I don't have my eyes on anything else. I mean, uh, you know, I I want the Batmobile. That's what I got my eyes on. Uh, you know, try my hardest to get the Stormtrooper and the Boba Fett. We'll see, you know, what kind of deals I can cut on that. Um, Super 7, I think I got an in with this Brian Flynn guy. Uh, let's see if I talk to him about getting some of that. But other than that, I go where the wind takes me when it comes to Comic-Con. Um, you know, I have my my schedule is dictated by my press coverage and what I have to do for that. And then, um, you know, every year I'd like to have one or two panels that I really like. I love all the Star Wars panels that are on Friday. I like the, you know, the high-end collectibles, the Hasbro, the publishing. I like my Star Wars stuff on Friday. That's typically what I'll carve out for myself. This year there's a panel for the George Lucas Museum that's going to be on Thursday. So I'm looking forward to that. But other than that, I'm just really looking forward to, um, you know, seeing some friends hanging out. I'm going to go, you know, all five days. Um, I'm going to be a zombie by Monday, but it's that time of year. This is what we train for. This is why we lift all them weights. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Comic-Con. Um, any last words, Jimmy? Uh, no, uh, hydrate. Uh, get plenty of rest. Make sure you drink lots of fluid now. You're not going to have the time then. Uh, and uh, wear comfortable shoes. Uh, wear maybe bring um, some wipes with you to keep in your backpack. You never know. Deodorant, you hate not to have some toilet paper when you need it. You know, better, rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I always say. And uh, that's it. You got sounds like you got a plan and and uh, a, a plan of what you got to cover. And a loose plan of uh, how the wind's going to blow you, like a mighty leaf <laughs> on the uh, right. on the shoulders of the mighty river. Yeah, uh, Slick, you're not going, but do you have any last words on Comic Con? Oh yeah, um, like I say, I always believe in being prepared. Like Jimmy was saying, um, the way uh, we always prepared ourselves was with a water bottle, um, but not a traditional water bottle, um, clear liquors, um, such as, uh, gin and, and in our particular case, my, my choice would be vodka, um, looks perfectly harmless in a nice little 16 ounce water bottle. So it, if you're inclined to, if that's how you enjoy yourself, like I do, I would say take a water bottle or two and, and have a few shots. You know, it can definitely help in those long lines, you know, uh, definitely open you up to talking to your neighbors around you and can probably get you through the exhibit hall with a a lot less frustration. So if you're inclined to, I I always say that's the number one thing I I make sure I carry with me a cup of them. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I like... uh, I like Bacardi Silver myself, but yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Jimmy? Oh yeah, I was gonna say my hip flask is labeled batch stress repellent. 
and it's loaded <laughs> with uh, bourbon usually, although uh, I can hide it in a hip flask. I might try that vodka in a water bottle idea maybe this year. That vodka does burn a little cleaner. Yeah, yeah. It also it also doesn't smell. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Rum and whiskey can like give an odor, you know. Yeah, Vodka keep telling yourself that. that. Well, yeah. I, well, yeah, I was gonna say, Mark, we weren't fooling anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're right. It just smells like mouthwash. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey man, thank you guys so much for joining me on this. Uh Comic Con is a chore and it's it's a it's a it's both a chore and a relief all at the same time. I look forward to it and I'm afraid of it and I have energy yeah. and I'm tired and and I, I talk and I'm grumpy and uh, it's just it's just you're just on both ends of the spectrum here. Um, I hate it and I love it and it's just weird. <laughs> But I do it every year, and I can't wait, you know. And then by Sunday, I'm hating it, and then I just can't wait for it again. It's just – it's a weird thing. I don't – I can't believe that we do it. But um, it's kind of the coolest thing that we do, you know. As, as, we as do a, it for the glory. Community. Yeah, we do it for the glory, man. <laughs> and uh, um, thank you guys again, you know, whoever's hung out with us for this whole show. And sorry about the technical trouble. I hope I, I hope my voice came in decently. But uh, thanks again. Have a safe con, everybody. Have a great con. See you next time. That's right, everybody. Peace. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.